0: Hi, and welcome to the human side of business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The human side of business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Ange McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Susan Hugger, Executive Director in Addiction Recovery for Westminster House Society. Susan brings over 35 years of experience to the corporate sector, which has contributed to her effectiveness as a leader and the growth and success of the Westminster House team. Susan's commitment to recovery, her experience and tenacious get it done attitude have instilled trust with the women they serve and the community partners alike. We're excited to have Susan join us here today. So welcome Susan. Uh, Scott has shared uh, some great notes and comments with regards to uh, previous Green Room conversations, but myself and Subscribership are excited to hear more about your company, your role, and your leadership journey.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much Ange and Scott for having me on the show today.
2: No, definitely. We're we're looking forward to the conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: Westminster House is a addiction recovery program that provides bed based and virtual recovery programs for youth girls and adult women and their families who mm-hmm. are healing from addiction to drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, we have fifty three beds. Uh, in a city block we kind of call it a campus the block is in new westminster british columbia and we service women and youth from british columbia and across canada Mm -hmm. Um, we recently due to COVID 19 we um, started a virtual recovery program for women who may not be able to attend uh, the bed-based program for reasons such as covid 19 isolation having to stay and look after their families and sometimes they're just not physically able to do it so the that's been the newest entrant into our um, product offering we also have a extensive continued care program which has 18 beds that is also on the same block which is a kind of a step down approach to our primary treatment facilities and the women can live there for up to one year and it's a really important component of our program because it bridges the gap between treatment and then returning to your community your families or your job and often some of the women the demographic we serve they don't have the ability to return to their um old communities because they could be um, what's called a single resident occupancy here in Vancouver, SRO, um, and they may be in neighborhoods that aren't safe for them to return to because the, of the encroachment of addiction. Mm-hmm. We've been operating for 40 years. I've been here for 14, um, most recently as the executive director since 2015. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of us us in a snapshot.
2: All right. <laughs> I, and I really appreciate, Susan, how you're talking about not just providing the, the treatment aspect, but also uh, the steps thereafter uh, with the women that come into the into your center and everything else. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about looking internally at your team uh, and how, how you've grown uh, since 2015 with the team internally and even yourself as a leader. What does that look like?
1: Thank you for asking that. So I initially came to Westminster Trust in 2008 as a client. I um, am a person in long-term recovery myself, and I had a pretty extensive career. I was one of the, I don't have the story of being a person who lost everything and had to, to recover everything. I came to treatment from work mm-hmm. um, and recovered and then decided to make a career change and started as a support worker here at Westminster House in 2009. Mm -hmm. And because of my, at that time, it was a 10 bed facility. And because of my background in business development, marketing and sales, we um, in the over three years, we progressively grew um, to uh, 30 beds. And then I was offered the position of executive director in 2015. And then we purchased two more properties. And so now we're 53 beds. So we have also a little rental property. I'll just quickly explain about that. I don't know if it's relevant, but it's it's a COVID center. So it's strictly okay. for patients who have COVID-19.
0: Mm. So
1: we really pride ourselves on that Uh, that hiring model, our model, our employee model, we are all of our employees here at Westminster House are persons with lived or living experience. Mm -hmm. 90% Mm -hmm. of them are all former residents of the program that wanted to um, and that's not unusual for the addiction recovery field it's pretty prevalent in how the industry itself operates for the most part I mean I can't speak to um, everybody but the ones I know we our hiring practices are the same and our aim is through our continuum of care program is we um we identify those with an entrepreneurial spirit while they're in treatment and kind of groom them for through volunteering activities and um, uh, education opportunities. We have a heavy bursary program where we encourage everybody to take advantage of our bursaries. We give away $15,000 in scholarship money a year for um for programs that are addiction specific or in the helping field Mm -hmm. to just be able to find those people who are going to be the future leaders of Westminster House. And that's kind of what happened with me is the board of directors identified that I had that ability to be the future leader of Westminster House and they invested um, in me in education for the first three years of working here where I was able to bring my education level up that I could be a good leader here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and for me, I took business development um, and grant writing and um, uh, um, education that would help me to further the fundraising aspect and the donorship stewarding aspect here, which was really very low, Mm -hmm. very low. For example, when I first started working here, I think we did maybe about, $15,000 Fifteen dollars or $20,000 worth of donations in a year, and now we do $1.2 in donations in a year. So the donation level and the fund development has truly enabled us to grow and help more women. And that is strictly through like the investment that Westminster in, has into their clients and alumni, mm-hmm. and I being one of them. And now I have two assistants, which are undergoing the same kind of training that I did.
0: That's phenomenal. I, I I see so many facets that speak to uh, the transformational leadership, the, you know, promotion within the, um, you know, not just looking at it as, um, you know, an NGO or social enterprise, but also looking at it as, you know, a a business structure that gives back um, to the community and within. I, I think that's amazing. And, and with that and your journey, um, Susan, what would you say is the, I guess the top three things that you have learned from a leadership perspective over the past five years,
1: I mean, one, especially the most recently with the, you know, I won't ask people to do things that I won't do myself. I think mm-hmm. that's really super important to be an authentic leader in this type of an organization is to like truly understand and be empathetic to what people are going through on the front lines. Cause we are frontline workers here. And a lot of people don't know, like we are dealing with an opioid overdose crisis. We're dealing with a housing crisis here in British Columbia we're dealing with a severe untalked about mental health crisis with people that have addictions now as a result of the treatment modalities being implemented by the government. Mm -hmm. And we have a pandemic. And Mm -hmm. so how am I going to get people to come to work? Well, I need to show up, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not working from home. I'm showing up and how am I going to get people to walk into um, like a potential situation where there could be, like uh, like a outbreak of COVID-19 because we don't know anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: well I show them how by putting on all the PPE and walking around and 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 I think that's really important and I think um if you ask my staff they would agree that I won't I, I do everything that I ask people to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: another uh super important factor is um that we do have a labor labor shortage in British Columbia, mm. and that we, I always have to be looking for the next hire, um, talking to everybody, being respectful to everybody, returning people's mm. calls. I think that's really important um, because not always is your, are your, um, are your staff going to have that same opinion? I mean, people think they're going to stay forever. Well, they don't, stuff comes up and we did addiction recovery is not a super high paying industry Mm -hmm. like we are not here making a million dollars it's not a private treatment center all of our Mm -hmm. revenue goes right back into the program our aim is that we can help and support the most amount of women that we can and make sure that they can go on i mean you have to you have to remember that you know reputation is everything and if Mm -hmm. people leave treatment then they leave and they go and they overdose and they die I mean you can not that's a really real thing that we go through here and so it's always being able to have empathy and know that our number one our number one strategic objective here is to make sure people get the have the ability to stay clean and the tools through the continuum of care.
2: And so looking back, I mean uh I think you've done an amazing job bringing the organization from the 10 bed facility up to where you are now with uh, I believe I heard over 55 beds. Uh, and bringing over more than 1.2 million in donations and donors' contributions, what what does the next what does the next five years look like? Uh, and where are you kind of bringing your team?
1: That is a great, you know, I was thinking about that as well. And, you know, it's interesting because we were just talking about that and it's like really working towards in the next five years, bridging that gap to be able to provide that continued care service that's going to be long-term to be able to support women, not just for the immediacy when they leave treatment, but we're talking about like one to two years after, like how are we going to keep people engaged in treatment and recovery so that they, you know, they they have a place to turn to like what's going to be the threshold how are we gonna how are we going to keep them here and I think like our virtual program is a really important Mm. part of that now where Mm. when people return their to their communities but how am I going to build that and when are we going to do these groups and so I I was talking about that this morning and I think the continued care piece of it is really going to be my focus this year for sure Mm. um we really want a building we're a campus style facility where we're on a city block and we have seven properties on the city block and two commercial fronts which Mm -hmm. is our doctor's office and our um group room one of our group rooms Mm -hmm. and so you know like one of the things that i would like to do is to consolidate everything onto one property and Mm -hmm. build like a low-rise style building um, where we can have everybody but being mindful and careful that one of the reasons that we are so unique in Canada is our curb appeal and our social model of recovery and our community-based. And, and one thing, you know, the listeners should should know is New Westminster, British Columbia is the largest social model recovery program in um, canada i'd venture to say north america we do have because of our work that we do with the last door and our culture here in the community and we we had a, a pioneer here in um, new westminster his name is david pablis he's uh you know he's just an amazing man and i think he would have been successful at anything that he did and he really started that social model of recovery um here in new westminster and you know it's about Building community and keeping Mm. people here. And, you know, now when you walk down the street anywhere in New West, you'll see people in recovery from as long ago as 30 years ago. And we have thousands and thousands of people in recovery here. Our 12-step meetings in the morning and in the evening, three times a day, seven days a week, 400 people sometimes. Mm. And that's not unusual. So, like, where some, some areas in the world our meetings are the size of conventions wow. and it really leads to being leaders and pioneers in Canada about how to recover. And it's all about helping the new person, mm-hmm. helping the new for how are we going to help the new person, you know, and I, it always brings me back to that poem where You know, I don't know if you ever remember that story of the person in the hole and the the priest walks by and says, I don't know how to get you out. And the doctor walks by and says, I don't know how to get you out of the hole. And your family walks by and says, I don't know how to get you out of the hole. But the addict walks by and jumps in the hole and pushes them out. Mm. that's really true about addiction recovery it's like we have to be the change we want to see we we need to be the people that help we're dead in the water as addicts in recovery if we can't see the value in one addict helping another
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. that's a phenomenal vision and uh scott and how like when it when it comes to your team for 2022 How are you setting them up for success to help realize some of the the goals that you're looking to strive for with your team?
1: I really like that question and it's interesting because I just wrote a strategic plan and one of my strategic ex- objectives was succession planning and how to find the future leaders it's of the organization and mm. you know we're we set them up with education we set them up with um, you know on the job training you know, and we tell them you're the future leader like this is the things that we want you to do and being really transparent and and that was new to Westminster House. When I came on board, there was no discussion about secession. There was no discussion about future leaderships in future. And one of the things when I took over as the executive director, I really wanted to talk about with the board is like, how are we going to build people up so that they have the skills, ability and the want and the want to be able to take over this organization? Because like things happen all the time. You have to be prepared for, for like the emergencies that happen day to day. Mm. I think
2: that makes sense. No it, it does Susan. Uh, I think that's fantastic looking at the at the people that are coming through the programs as the future leaders uh, of the business and being able to invest in their skill sets uh, to help help drive things forward for, for the future that you you guys envision uh, at the moment. Uh, and
1: I think that you know g- g- speaking more to that, we invest about fifty thousand dollars a year in education to better our employees and there's always that risk that they're you're going to educate somebody and they move on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know I always get that com I always have that argument and conversation with people about like you're investing in their education do you have them sign a contract like and I am of the opinion especially when it comes to our alumni who become our employees wouldn't it be great if we somebody came through Westminster House and a as a client and then we educate them and they work here and then they receive their credentials and they move on and then they become the next president of something mm-hmm. and it's like how did you become the president of xyz company well i was educated and trained through westminster house like what better mm-hmm. what better sale is that
0: <laughs> to want to
1: get clean and sober
0: mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is what our objective is. Mm-hmm.
0: I really enjoy the alignment that you have with regards to the succession planning piece, the training piece, and and what I'm hearing in there is the trust. The trust that either they're going to be successful within um your organization or somewhere else, and you're okay with that.
1: Absolutely. And we have to be because we have so many women coming through this program. So -hmm. we have to expect that some people are going to work here and move on because we want to be able to provide the opportunity to the next person that's coming into the program. And there's Mm -hmm. so many wonderful women who are so qualified and just have lost that spirit because they've been broken down by sexual exploitation. You know, the, the, the inability to find help for their problems. And you have a lot of women that we see, like they're severely traumatized by Mm -hmm. what's happened to them in addiction. We always hear about the trauma. People are addicted because of trauma. And this is this big thing, but. I'll tell you my experiences working with women that people become addicted sometimes because of trauma that they experience but the trauma they experience that is not half as bad as the trauma they experience in addiction itself
0: Mm -hmm. so it's
1: kind of a vicious circle in that regard for sure Mm
2: -hmm. and and i'm sure we could talk about this uh this at length here susan uh coming to a close we always like to ask our, our guests uh what are three words of inspiration that you would want the world to hear
1: uh addicts can and do recover from addiction abstinence is possible
2: mm.
1: and words of inspiration if you are if you there is no shame in asking for help the shame is not asking for help
0: mm. That's absolutely amazing. Words to live by. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us, both from a leadership perspective and from your seats and your purview, um, as well as with our subscribers.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: And for those who would like to learn more about Westminster House Society, we're going to provide a link to the company's profile on the Elevate Business podcast page. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description, where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting. Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.